Welcome back to another episode of the IAS Shortcast. This is the one-stop shop for a movie fan on the go. Today's episode, the Oscar nominations are out. Welcome to the IAS Shortcast. My name's Eamon. I'll be your host today as we talk movies, TV, and much, much more. Uh, so we've got a bunch of topics lined up, but before we get into that, I'm going to quickly let you guys know that uh, this podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify, and soon, very soon, on Google Play. So yeah, let's get into this. We're gonna, we have a bunch of topics lined up. We, we've got Morbius, uh, the trailer just dropped. Not a fan, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Scott Derrickson has just left the Doctor Strange sequel uh, due to creative differences, the dreaded creative differences. Uh, Catwoman, Catwoman Zoe Kravitz was scared to meet Michelle Pfeiffer, and we're going to talk more about just that project in general, because I'm really interested, and it seems like it's going to be a good one, but the main topic, the main reason you guys are here, if you're here, is to talk about the Oscar 2020 nominations, they were released this morning, I just saw them like an hour and a half ago, I'm recording this uh, the day of the release, I don't know when I'm going to upload it, I think I'm going to upload it the next weekend, yeah, this is this is a this is a stacked stacked day. I'm gonna be talking about each category for the most part. There's some categories that are too boring for the show. I'm just gonna talk about the main ones: best actress, supporting actress, you know, all that stuff. Cinematography, adapted screenplay, original screenplay, best director, best score, best picture, and many many more. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And if you guys if you guys uh, do want to talk more about this stuff, I have a YouTube channel. It's all subjective. Go ahead on YouTube.com/slash/c/slash/it's all subjective. And uh, you won't be disappointed. So let's get into that Morbius trailer. That Morbius trailer came out uh, about four hours ago. And I've seen it six times. And each time, I've disliked it a little bit more. The first time I saw it, I was kind of like, alright, there's there's a Morbius trailer coming. You're, this is coming from a fan of the Morbius character. I've, I've got most of his comic issues from, you know, the original ones with Venom and... All the way to the to the to the recent releases. I'm a big fan of, of Morbius. But I'll tell you what, I am very, very disappointed. And here's here's another thing to you. I liked Venom. I did like Venom, but I did not like the trailers. So again, hold this with a grain of salt. A bad trailer does not mean the movie's gonna be bad. It just means I didn't like the trailer. And why? Why was that? Well, <laughs> You, you see, the, f- the first thing that came to mind when I watched it, the first time I watched it, was this kind of has like a 90s action film vibe. And then I realized, no, it has a bad 90s action film vibe. It's kind of like, you know, talking about some of the bad Stallone and Stallone and Schwarzenegger movies from the 90s. I'm not a fan of True Lies. I'm not a fan of these movies. So I was very disappointed. It felt like a shitty... I've got it written down. It's got. It felt like a shitty '90s action movie, which it did, and you know it did not connect us to the protagonist. God, I wish it did. You know, Jared Leto is one of those actors that just—it's a shame. It's a real shame. He's he's one of my favorite actors working today, and he's been in two comic book movies, and it looks like the second one is not going to do him any justice either. The first one, Suicide Squad, did not give him what he needed. It did not. Like we're talking about. One, so probably the best actor in the last few years, and he's not being given what he deserves, you know, his performances, you know, are just, I get it, yeah, he's a, he's a character actor, and sometimes that can feel kind of worn or, 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 or tired, but there's something about his level, his level of acting that we don't see today, and a man of his caliber, 
is given suicide, is given Suicide Squad, which you know I wasn't a big fan of Suicide Squad, and I felt there was a lot there were a lot of problems with that movies, what that movie specifically, one of which being the mishandling and kind of kind of you know disrespect that they had for Joker. And I'm not I'm not talking about the character design. I've got a, pro- a few problems with that. But what I'm saying, like, they had, you know, if you if you gave Jared Leto scenes to shoot, which they did. I know they did because some of these she- scenes were in the freaking trailer. You give him scenes. Then whether the scenes are good or bad, you put them in the fucking movie. Don't throw his scenes out because you didn't do a good enough job, David Ayer. Keep them in the movie. This is the Joker we're talking about. It would have made the movie so much better. Well, whatever they went for a music video type, which okay, fair enough. I mean, they they had a music video company cut their cut their movie, not their trailer, cut their movie. But all that said, I wasn't a big fan of what they did with him. And it, Jer- Jared Leto was not the problem. With what he was given and what he gave us, he was good. But again, his ha- the the way they handled his character felt icky. It felt almost like. They, they were taking advantage of not just Jared Leto and, and the character Joker, but taking advantage of us because I expected Joker to be in about 20 to 30% of this movie. He was barely in 1% of this movie. He was in two scenes. He was in two scenes. And that's it. And that just felt bad. And, you know, uh, that's kind of what I get, that's kind of the idea I get here. Not about the cutting mouth, but the mishandling of... Morbius, you know, Morbius, again, he's, the, the character design is not bad, I, I, that, that one care that one shot in the trailer that we see him turn around and he's, he's, he looks like Morbius, he, I'm not, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, he does look like the, the comic book character Morbius, but that's the problem, I would have much rather them focus on the character than the costume design, because it looks like, from what I've seen, that it's gonna be, it, you know, we're talking about Catwoman today, the upcoming Catwoman movie. This movie looks like the 2001 Catwoman. Not in the way the characters are and stuff, but just in the way the film is shot. And the fi- like, there's this whole jittery nature to this movie, which feels wrong. Like, the first 15 seconds were very grainy, very, you know, torn and worn. And that's kind of a vibe you get with Joker. You don't get that with Morbius. And maybe they're planning... On taking Morbius in a route that's different from his comic book counterpart, because in the comics, let's don't get me wrong. I mean, I like the character Morbius, but he's not supposed to be a character that gives an actor Oscars. He's just supposed to be an over-the-top, you know, yelling and bowling kind of character who just looks cool. He's he's on the level of Blade. He just looks cool, and that's not what they're giving us. It seems like they're trying to give us a character study. Which, fair enough, give us a character study. But that's not what we want, you know, we want more. We want the fun, back-talking nature that, that Morbius had. And I'm just, I'm ranting about the movie and I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give it a fair chance. I'm not gonna go into, you know, blind with hate. I'm gonna give it a fair chance. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, I expect from a trailer is to let me know what the story is gonna be like. And what we've gotten so far is just two aspects that Morbius himself, the main character, the Doctor, is sort of on the sort of, you know, kind of he he's 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 got a broken body, he's he's sick. I think I don't know what they were saying. Like he, they mentioned a disease which I couldn't bother even remembering, 
and then he's going on a crazy rant like I, like the whole way he got sorry the whole way he got his superpower it was insane did he use machine for the like was he using machinery to get his powers that's not right that's not how it's supposed to be but hey that's just the movie you know it could be yeah again like i said earlier i was a, i loved the venom movie i think that i i am a soul you know, defender of the the Venom movie. I think it's not just a fun movie. I think it's very good. I think it's a highly like respectable movie, in my opinion. But I wasn't a fan of the trailer. So, a, a trailer, a bad trailer could come out for a good movie. A good trailer could come out for a bad movie to happen. You know, one example being Batman versus Superman that came out a few years ago. The trailers were just insanely good. I mean, I, I remember sitting there with my sister, just going whoa, this movie's gonna be sick, and then there's Batman, and then Superman, and then the movie came out, and I fell asleep, I fell asleep in Batman versus Superman, I fell asleep about halfway through the movie, it's just one of those situations where, you know, and a trailer could be good or bad, but I just, I, I've lost hope in this movie, I'm probably not gonna go see it unless I see the review embargo, if it's got good reviews, I'm gonna go see it, if it doesn't have good reviews, I'm just gonna skip it, because Morbius is one of those characters, that I don't want to see people misuse. I don't want to see people treat badly. Because I have such a fond, like, fond memory of him as a child. That I'm not gonna... If, if this movie turns out to be bad, I'm not gonna go see it. I can't go see it. I, I, I'm gonna leave it. And then hopefully another good Morbius movie comes in the future. But I'm not gonna waste my time, you know, in my you know emotional time and my emotional money here trying to give them what they want, and again, just a whole long way to say, I hope it's good, but if it's not, I'm not gonna go see it, well, that's just it with the Morbius trailer, I'm gonna move on to something more interesting, hopefully something, um, something, you know, that comes, that, that, that turns good, but it doesn't seem so, that's a Scott Derrickson situation, uh, Scott Derrickson recently announced on Twitter that he has left the Doctor Strange to the Mouth of Madness, or the the Multiverse of Madness, sorry. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's inspired by In the Mouth of Madness from the 80s. And there's something about this that just feels wrong. And the, the, the excuse he gave was create creative differences, which, what? Like, creative differences used to mean something, like, 10 years ago. You know, the the studio, they wanted want, want to go in one direction, and the, 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 the filmmakers didn't. And that, that's what it meant. But now it's just another way of saying, we fired the guy. I got fired. Creative differences means I got fired. You know, because I wasn't listening or because, you know, something happened. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'm, there's a flip side to the situation. I, 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 I'm, not a, I'm not against it and I'm not for it. See, I, I'll tell you. I, I'm a big fan of the Doctor Strange movie. I think Doctor Strange is probably top 10 MCU, which is, not, which is saying something because... All the MCU movies are amazing for the most part, you know. Um, but I feel like one of the big, you know, oh, situations that held the movie back from being better than it could have been was was Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson's helming of the movie felt almost almost uh, amateur like. The action scenes were kind of. I'm not talking about the the crazy magic action, which most of that was just helmed by. Uh, you know, industrial light and magic, and, you know, the producers, you know, directors don't really deal with visual effects, so I don't really give him credit for that, but the one thing that he did wrong with the movie was the actual hand-to-hand -hand combat, you know, some of that is just 90%, 95% punches, 
which you know again that's just that that's not the way dr shane should be handled so on the one hand i'm kind of happy about that because i've never been a fan of scott derrickson as a director i think he's made some good movies sinister uh, the first one and and this one and the camera what is called the haunting of uh, emily emily rose or emily dickinson or something like that. not not emily, not emily dickinson uh, but yeah, I think The Haunting of Emily Rose. Uh, I like that movie. Um, but again, here's what I'll say. If we, if Scott Derrickson remained, would I have been angry? No. I think he would have done a good job, a good enough job. But, you know, again, I've got the notes here. It says, you know, I've got a history about, the, the MCU has a history of letting people go and it going wrong. You know, Edgar Wright was originally supposed to take over the Ant-Man movie and what happened was he was you know him and Marvel left over creative differences and you know it ended up it ended up going to Peyton Reed who did a fine job but it's not what it could have been um you know people often say you know what Peyton Reed did was amazing because you know he took an Ant-Man character and he made him relatable and I'm just like no that's not amazing you know it, people often confuse what's 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 not been done before with something that's innovative. Just because it hasn't been done before does not make it innovative. You know, Atman as a character is not that complicated to get behind. He's funny. He is, he's interesting. That's simple. Anybody, could, like, hell, a co- like some shitty, co- like Amy Schumer could, could get us behind an Atman character. It's not that difficult. And, you know, so. What, but one of my problems with the movie is actually the way the comedy was handled. It could have been better. And some of that, like, there's... The comedy is 54%, you know, copy of Edgar Wright's work. And the rest, just terrible comedy. So, again, the only thing that worked was the 54% that, you know, Peyton Reed copied from Edgar Wright. Which, technically not copying because Edgar Wright is the person who created those shots and stuff like that. So, you know, he's the he, he, he made the movie before him. So, Peyton Reed can't go against what he's doing. He has to follow that route. And I was—I've never been a fan of the comedy in these uh, in Ant Man and the Wasp and Ant Man. Um, the only thing that's been there for me was Michael Pena. He's amazing. He's—he's he's just off the charts. But Edgar Wright would have made that would have elevated that movie to an Iron Man or to an, okay to a Doctor Strange, you know, to to a um, to a to a Thor Ragnarok. He would have done that. But you know, whatever. Uh, that's just one situation. And the other situation is Patty Jenkins. Who was let go from Thor the Dark World. And guess what happened there? It stunk. I mean, this one's a little bit easier to explain because, you know, obviously most people hate Thor the Dark World and they gave it to some, you know, uh, Game of Thrones directors who who didn't do a bad job. They did a fine job. I'm not, I'm not against, I don't hate Thor. I actually hate Iron Man 2 and I hate uh, the second Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel. I hate Captain Marvel. Um, but I don't hate Thor the Dark World. But it could have been better if you would have given it to Patty Jenkins. You know, what she did with Wonder Woman was just amazing. She she gave that movie heart. She gave that movie character. You know, and again, that's what the MCU has a history of of giving us bland, you know, vomit work. One of which being Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is very bland. You know, so that's just my rant to Captain Marvel. I don't like Captain Marvel. I think Captain Marvel is just dull. It's bland. There's nothing to it. There's no visual style that is synonymous with a certain director. There's nothing there. You know, and Patty Jenkins would have given us something with Thor the Dark World, if it, would, if it was called Thor the Dark World at the time. 
And, you know, that just ties back to the situation with Scott Derrickson. I think him leaving is good. You know, I've got on my notes here that it's on the flip side that Joss Whedon's leaving was good because Joss Whedon's leaving gave us the Russo brothers, you know, helming of the Avengers movies. And I think the Russo brothers certainly gave us some of the best moments in history. And, you know, if Joss Whedon would have carried it on, it would have been the same situation as Star Wars. Star Wars just declined and, you know, Avengers would have declined if Joss Whedon had stayed on. So I, th- I feel like there's two sides to this coin. But I'm very, I'm, I'm very anxious to see what happens next. I think they're gonna have to move the release date of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness back a little bit, which might mean that we're gonna get some, maybe Black Panther two a little bit earlier. It depends on what it is, but I think we might get one of those films earlier. I hope they don't move it. I hope we, we get a director like as soon as possible to take over. But that's that's not gonna. Be, I don't think that's possible. All that said, um, let's move on to the Catwoman story. I'm actually going to skip it. Um, I'm going to skip the Catwoman story because I don't have much time here. I got to get to the Oscars. The Oscars 2020 nominations were already at 15 minutes here. Sorry, 17 minutes here. We got to get to this quickly. Um, so here, I'm going to, I'm just going to pull off the, pull up the, the list here. And you know, there was something amazing about last night when I watched this, this, uh, award, this not award show, but the live stream, Obviously, it took a long time to get to the live stream, but once we got there, what I loved about it this time was that there was no comedy. Like, they even mentioned themselves, no stand-up routine. They're just going to get to the nomination, so I appreciated that. They were quick about it. It probably took about 25 minutes to get through the entire through the, through the entire list, sorry. Um, so, here, I've got the entire list. So, let's take a look at Best Picture. So, with Best, best Picture, we've got set, uh, nine nominations. We've got Ford versus Ferrari, which... Oof, just incredible. Just what a wonderful choice. I did not think that they were going to nominate uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. But I'm glad they did because that was one of, one of the movies that I am incredibly excited that they nominated. Because it just shows that the Academy is not against, you know, genre films or or films that have kind of heart behind them. And this specifically one being a racing film. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. We've got The Irishman, which is not a surprise. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, which is um, just one of the films that I think should be not should have been nominated first and also should win. I think Jojo Rabbit is up there. Joker, I don't think it's going to win, but I, I'm glad it was nominated. L- Little Women was a surprise. I didn't think it was going to get nominated because frankly, I didn't consider it to be you know, a 2019 movie. So I didn't, I didn't have it in my, in my window. So there we go. It's nominated. Uh, Marriage Story, which oddly enough is ri- is written and directed by the husband of the person that made uh, Little Women. Uh, Greta Gerwig is married to uh, Joe Bambach or something like that. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, 1917. 1917. That's one that I was surprised by and I'm still surprised by because I don't consider it to be a good movie. I think 1917 is one of those movies that um, is pretentious. I, I don't, I, I like the movie. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's one of the best movies of the year. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, obviously it's getting Oscar praise. Of course, it's about Hollywood. You know, that's bound to happen. Uh, Parasite, I'm happy got nominated. What a wonderful choice. We're going to skip to the best actor here. Antonio Banderas getting nominated for Pain and Glory is one of those situations that I did not think was possible. I had him on my list. I made a list of who I wanted to get nominated, and he was on my list, so I'm glad he did, 
but I, I was surprised by it definitely. Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, not a good choice. I don't think he was Oscar worthy. I don't think he should, and I don't think he should have been nominated. But hell, what what who am I to choose? It's for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know who's to say that you know there's nothing going on behind the Oscars here. Adam Driver getting nominated for Marriage Story. Um, I this category is hard. I'm gonna move to the next one and give my thoughts on the whole thing. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker and Jonathan Price for the Two Popes. Okay, I think Adam Driver has a chance of winning. Sorry about that. Has a chance of winning for Marriage Story, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that Joaquin Phoenix is gonna take it. I personally would go for Adam Driver because he there's just more to that role. But I'm not gonna be shocked if Joaquin Phoenix takes it. I'm not even gonna be upset. I think it's I think he did a great job. You know he was great in his in his in Joker. Um, we've got Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, which I haven't seen Harriet yet, but I'm told it's good. Uh, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. I think she's gonna win. I think she should win, and I think everyone thinks she's gonna win and should win. Uh, Sir Sharona for Little Women. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Charlize Theron for a uh, bombshell fair enough um I, I don't i don't think she's a lead actress though i think she's supporting but who am i to say who's supporting or who's leading uh renee zellweger for judy not a surprise there and let's move lower here uh we've got i'm gonna skip supporting and actress and actor i'm gonna move on to director and this one is kind of kind of amazing for me um, I'm again, like I said, I don't like 1917, but what Sam Mendes did there was just incredible. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that he got nominated, and I think he might win. I think he has a chance of winning. The one that surprises me here is Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because if you looked at the Directors Guild of America, he didn't get nominated, and he obviously he didn't win because he didn't get nominated. He got no love from the Golden Globes. Like, it's surprising that he he's on this list. But again, um, I'm not against it. I think the winner here, the obvious winner here is Sam Mendes. He's going to take it. But if I had to choose, I would go for Martin Scorsese. I mean, what he did with that movie and what he's been doing with that movie for the last 10 years. I mean, there's, like, there's no better choice for director here. It's Martin Scorsese. But hell, what do I know? Um, best animated feature. This one is tough. This one is tough. I think Toy Story 4 will win. Missing Link has a chance of winning. But in my opinion, there are only three movies that should win here. Uh, I Lost My Buddy was incredible. Um, not many people are talking about it. I don't know why. It's, it's kind of shocking to me. It's one of those situations where I think... If I had the choice, I would definitely nominate it and ha- and give it the Oscar by hand. I think it's the best animated feature of the year. But also, I'm having a hard time also separating it from How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I loved How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I think it's just as equally good. But then there's Klaus, you know, with uh, directed by Sergio Pla- P- uh, Pablos. 
Oh my god, that one is just as good. So I don't know. In my opinion, I think um, I lost my body, How to Change Dragon 3, Klaus, all have a chance of, all, not all have a chance, are my favorites and my picks for winning. But I think the winner here is Toy Story 4. He's, they're taking it home. Toy Story 4 again. Pixar, like, come on, Pixar's going to take it home. Missing Link is definitely, because I think it won the Golden Globe. So it definitely could win the Oscar. So again, I'm not shocked by this list. And the one I am shocked, though, by is Taika Waititi. He won, he got nominated, sorry, for Adapted Screenplay. And not only am I shocked, but I am excited and I am happy because that is the best screenplay that was, you know, created for 2019. I don't think there is a better screenplay than Jojo Rabbit's, you know, by Taika Waititi. But I don't think it's going to win. If it does win, then God praise the Lord. But again, I don't think it's going to win. I think the Irishman is going to take it. And again, it's one of those situations where I prefer Jojo Rabbit. But if the Irishman takes it, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be upset. Um, the Irishman, obviously, that the whole dialogue. Martin Scorsese has the thing of getting these quick, sharp dialogue. It's written by Steve Z- uh, Zalian. I can't, I can't pronounce his name, but I think I think this movie has a chance of taking it. You know, this guy's written most of you know Scorsese's films. He's written Schindler's List, and they're gonna give it to him. I don't think there's any question there. They're gonna give it to the Irishman. The Two Popes has a good screenplay. Screenplay, tons of sharp, woody dialogue. But let's move on to original screenplay here. And I'm not even going to read the entire list. I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, original screenplay, Ryan Johnson's going to win. You know, we've got Ryan Johnson uh, for Knives Out, Marriage Story, Noah Bambach. Uh, 1917 with Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Cairns. They're not going to even get a choice. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino. Parasite um, by Bong Joon-ho and Jin Won Han. I think the win is going to Knives Out, and I think the win should go to Knives Out. I think 1917 had a terrible screenplay and should not even be considered, but hell, what do I know? Uh, the Irishman is looking, being looked at here for cinematography, as well as Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think The Lighthouse is going to take it home, but I would prefer that Joker or The Irishman take it. I think Joker and The Irishman have two of the best cinematographers. I think the two ones that are in the lead for winning are going to be 1917 with Roger Deakins and The Lighthouse, both of which are just pretentious. And I'm not against them. I loved both of them, but they're just they're they they want the Oscar, and it's there's nothing subtle about them. Um, but again, I'm not against it if they win. Who knows? And I'm gonna go to my last category here before I wrap up the show, and I think this one's a fairly obvious one: film editing. And I think we all know who's gonna win this one if you've seen this movie. We've got Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. And I think that without a doubt, without a second thought, the best ed- film editing directing uh, uh, win here should go to Ford versus Ferrari. Just for that, just for that opening action sequence on its own. But again, the entire film is is amazing. We've got Michael McCusker here and Andrew Buckland who wrote this, and I'll tell you what, if they win this, I am going to be impressed, and I'm going to be excited, and sorry, that's not the last category, I'm going to, the last category is visual effects, which I'm going to talk about, Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, 1917, Lion King, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, now, the obvious ones here are Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Lion King, and Avengers Endgame, these are the ones most people are considering, and I think, I think, I personally think, that the Lion King will take it home and should take it home. But I think there's one 
that's sneaking in there that's probably going to take it too. And that's the Irishman. See, the Irishman is meant to hide where the visual effects are. And there's some bad moments with the Irishman. There's some moments where you can clearly tell that the person's face is melting, you know, just on screen. And it's one of those uh, scenes where I'm just like, I wanted to win, but I just, on good, on good conscience alone, I can't give it to the Irishman. I just have to give it to Lion King. Lion King should win, and Lion King will win the Oscar. And that's pretty much it for the list, guys. I appreciate you guys checking out this video. It was fun to do. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just going to tease ne the episode next week. We're going to be talking a lot. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, what we're doing with... Uh, should, I, should I tease it? Alright. We're going to be talking a lot about the Oscar wins. And we're going to go over uh, the MCU and talk about our favorite MCU movies. And that's going to be next episode. So, guys, I appreciate you guys checking out this episode. Um, be sure to check out my social medias all below. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube, click the links below. I've linked the iTunes and Spotify. You can also check it out on Google Play. By the time this podcast is out, I'm sure that we will have Google Play. But, again, I, I appreciate you guys watching this video or listening to this podcast. And talk later.